That is, I hate that. I fucking hate that. Uh, that hashtag consent, David. From St. Paul and Minneapolis, we are the names you know. This is You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, we are back. Uh, the Dave's and O podcast. Uh, the now regular crew of, of MJ, Jess, and uh, Zeller. Uh, we are episode 190. Guys, we're only two episodes away from episode 200. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to have an orgy for that episode. I think. Probably. Probably. We're not recording the video, just the audio. Oh, yeah, no, we're, no, no, absolutely. It's, it's going to be theater of the mind. It's just going to be uh, just hardcore sex. Uh, and just recorded and everybody having to visualize the positions that we are all in. Uh, yes. <laughs> and we're off to a Welcome great back. How, how are you doing? How's your, how was your week? My week was good, except that nobody wanted to go to Blackheart for drag night on either Thursday or Friday night with me. And both of you are not forgiven. Maybe if you had a uh, easier Twitter handle to follow, people might follow you and respond to your uh, your your tweets. I saw your tweet. I, I also I have so to be to be fair, to be fair, I have a, a, a two year old and a newborn at home, so I'm not really like in the going out to drag shows on Thursday night mode. Um, as much as I would love to, and I absolutely love would love to. You should have sent Anna. We I would have bought her several drinks. Yeah. Um, again, a new a newborn is pretty much tethered to their mother for for so even if even if I could have gone or I wouldn't have gone, and even if I could have sent my my beautiful, amazing, lovely wife, she really couldn't have gone either. So um, she You're will. She would. Have, the daughter family, say. it's all hands on deck right now with the. It really is. We're still we're still trying to figure things out and trying to figure out like. It's uh, it's weird. Maybe for like the not... whole next uh, eleven months. Just that, but, just curious. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I feel like we can leave the the maybe the, say the the, the four year old in charge of the two year old. We could probably leave him for like eight hours. Probably fine. But so that's that's two years away. So okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but no, it's 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 weird. It's weird because it's like it's exponentially harder having two kids. It's not even like twice as hard it's just like it's like ratchets up like 90 degrees and degree yeah so um so yeah it's it's been a lot of of nights of me holding uh my crying daughter was my wife's trying to put my 
crying son down to sleep and then we we trade Making off a and note to self to not ever do that okay. yeah just just get sterilized it's it, you know honestly it's for the best for everybody well i'm well on my way to natural sterilization uh, speaking of sterilization mj you how are you doing <laughs> when you think about sterile babes i know co-hosts you think of mj how you doing mj in all in all honesty, I I, um, I I I know I know you got to, you were icing your knee last night so that you can come I, and watch the US game with us. To Omaha and back in a day and a half. Jesus, man. And, and to to see my grandfather, who you know for a while was like, he's got a week. And I was like, oh, gotta get down there. And then I got an update of like, he's doing pretty well. And I was like, I still want to go down because if he's doing well, that means chances are I can have a coherent conversation with him. Right. Which is more than I can say about trying to have a conversation about soccer with you fuckers. <laughs> Truth. Truth. So, but the, I mean, the trip went well. Um, but yeah, I, I left with a bum MCL and just packed a bunch of ibuprofen because I don't really want to sit with a bag of ice on my knee, you know, duct taped around my knee or something like that um, while I'm driving. So, yeah. Knees in, knees in rough shape. How did that happen? Um, someone told me to shoot at the boom ball net, and I shot. And trying to be the good biomechanical genius that I am, I tried to put my whole body into that shot, mm. not just like you owned that shot. My arms, like I, you know, twisted my waist and my ankles, and I drove through with my hip. And uh, the end result was I I torqued my knee and re-injured my MCL. That went bad a couple years ago so anyway it, it really sucked yeah well sorry to hear that man uh that does that does look like i've i've torqued my knee it's it fucking it's painful so I, i'm trying to figure out if it's if it's worse that i drive stick shift or not like it's my left knee so oh. like does moving oh man moving but to, to shift gears on the clutch does that does that give it something to do or would it be better in this tender state for me just to isolate it and not move it as, as much as possible? I so, like, I, I, that's why our, like the driving to Omaha and back was just like, yeah. Yeah. I would argue that's probably, it would be better just to, yeah, to not have a stick shift, but that, you know, you make the choices that you make. So um, you live the life you live. So, uh, well, I'm sorry, stick, David, I love my stick. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, <laughs> Every man does. <laughs> Uh, well, sorry to hear that, MJ. Um, glad to see, got to hear that you got down to see your your grandpa. That's that is great news. So, and, uh, and you got to have another David on the pod. So, we did, we did. That was yeah, we had David Naylor last week. So, if you mm-hmm. haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to it. I think it was a really a pretty good conversation. And uh, I know Naylor was uh, very excited to actually get back on a podcast again. So, um, so yeah, uh, just some quick uh housekeeping stuff the patreon beer is ready the red card is literally in my house uh christian brought it over last week it's sitting in my in my basement uh, aging a little bit i'm trying to figure out when we're gonna do a handout situation because i would love to as many people to come pick the beer up i spent i want to say like 20 hours driving around last time to, to deliver beer i'd rather not drive around the entirety of uh no, of no, the, of the actual area man. so i will be sending out an email this week uh with a couple of options for pickup um it's not gonna be on the game for the 19th because i will actually not be at the black heart for the game i will actually be down or out in 
uh, Eastern Wisconsin for a wedding. Uh, one of my Anna's cousins is getting married. And so we're going to go to there, but um, I, I might pick, I might set up a couple of uh, Euro days uh, where there's going to be a, a, some, you know, two or three really good games, just post up at the bar, have the beer in my, in my car and swing by if you are a Patreon and grab the beer. So, if you're a Patreon, look out for your email. I'll send a, I'll send a Patreon message, but also I will send a, a specific email message with a Google form where people can sort of like identify when they want to pick up the beer, or if they can't pick up the beer for any reason, um, I, I we can make some we could we can set up some uh, deliveries. But it's going to be a it, that'll be a, if you want to get the beer sooner, you'll be able to pick it up at the Blackheart. If you are willing to wait a little bit, then um, we can do it probably a de uh, delivery situation. So. That is the Patreon That's very pitch. Generous of you. I know I'm a very generous guy, Jess. Uh, uh, I'm, a generous, I'm a generous, man, a generous lover. Uh, I'm a generous lover. <laughs> Thank you, MJ. I noted that. Thank you. I will. I will. I will hit you up on if I need any delivery stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, on the west I, side I of town. I will not poured all the bottles in my basement for me. I will actually give them to our our Patreons because they are amazing people. We have. Uh, we have. Uh, I think we have. I'm trying to remember exactly the numbers. Um, there are just so many that it's gotten really high. Have, there may be two or three more uh, beers available. If people want to jump on it in the Patreon. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, we are brewing another edition of Heath Out Stout. Uh, we did hit our goal on that, so that's going to be coming forthcoming. I'm not exactly sure. I need to talk, talk, chat with Christian about the specifics of that. But if you really want to get it on the Heath Out Stout now. Is the time now to join? Dave's, I know. Wait, uh, no. Patreon. If you just need me to hang out at the Black Heart, like on drag nights, uh, I could do that, and then okay. we can pick up their beer. I'm hand out beers. Yeah, we can figure. Um, that. I'm not, and I'm not a beer drinker, so you won't be. You know, there, there. I won't be tempted. We can figure something out. Um, Patreon.com slash the Dave's I know. Uh, in on it. The days that you know. Uh, all right. So we don't have a, a Minnesota United game to talk about this week. Uh, we do have. So I thought we would actually uh, switch this up and make this a, a U.S. men's national team podcast. Um, MJ and I both watched the U.S.-Mexico game last night. Uh, Jess, did I, you watch I, it at all? I would have watched it had I known in advance that this was going to be the topic. I did so text I did you about go, like watching the game last night, by the way. What? What? I did text you about watching the game last night, by the way. Yeah, I was in a dark place. Sundays okay. are a dark place. I tend to sleep through them. Um, but seriously, uh, obviously, I like any excuse to go to the Black Heart. And um, as we go through tonight's agenda, if we could make notes about what games that are not Minnesota United that we might uh, perchance discuss next week then i could participate <laughs> now i am just here for moral support that's fair uh and please just interject whenever uh if As there's I, a, a funny name or something that you want to comment on please do so um or, you know something you'll have to edit out later uh i don't i don't really do much editing on this podcast uh so this might be a very uh mj and uh uh zeller centric podcast heavy podcast um so twitch we apologize we apologize we know just yeah i'm sorry is the, uh, is the uh <laughs> sorry is the, is the draw now and uh and it's just it we just provide the uh the cannon fodder for her so uh all right so mj i know you have thoughts on this u.s mexico game um do you want to say anything 
about the game or should we just sort of like go, you know, sort of blow by blow before we, before you jump in? No, let's, let's go through a recap of events first and then I'll okay. share my thoughts. So this was the, so, uh, so us, so wait, let's, set, let's like set this up a little bit. Us beat Honduras, uh, on Thursday, one nil. Correct. Uh, uh, Sibiachu goal in the 89th minute. His his first goal. For first the goal US. for the U.S. Uh, at the death, basically, um, to uh, secure a one nothing win over Honduras. Later that Double night, header. They, McKinney yeah. header to yeah, Mc, yep. Uh, McKinney was it McKinney to Aronson to Sibiachu or no no it was Jonathan, Jonathan Brooks I thought with the with the volley. Oh right, you're right, you're right. Brooks to McKinney to, to header. Yeah. And then uh, they had to finish with the head. So yeah. double it's, header. Yep. CBHU, uh, who plays for uh, Young Boys in uh, Switzerland. Yeah. Jess, there's a team in uh, Switzerland called Young Boys, and they are mm-hmm. very, very good and very, very young. Up now. Yeah. I was and say, young. Go, go, go ahead and Google Young Boys and just click on the images, okay. and I'm sure yeah. that will be very, very helpful for you. Yeah. And no one will ever, ever look at your internet history. BSC Young Boys. Yes. If you're going to cheer for a weird name team in Switzerland, it's either that or Grasshopper FC. Yeah, Grasshopper FC is, on, is another one, too. And, and are these like the U.S. young people? No, it's a it's a team in Switzerland. It's it's a legitimate, um, legitimate. Mostly Swiss players. Yeah, Swiss Swiss soccer team. They played in Champions League a bunch of times. Um, oh, they, okay. are, they, they are legitimate. Uh, so, okay. So they're not that young. Yeah, they're not that young. Um, cool. But the, legal. Legal young boys. Legal young boys. Uh, okay. In the in the nightcap, uh, Mexico drew with Costa Rica zero zero. They had to go to penalties for that one, and uh, Mexico gets through with a uh, really great Memo Ochoa save on the I think sixth penalty taken. So I think uh, uh, L three beat uh, the Ticos Los Ticos uh, one or on penalties um, six five. So setting up what was everybody was expecting the USA versus Mexico final on Sunday night uh, in Denver at the mile high stadium. I don't even know what the hell the name of the stadium is now, but um, uh, fun fact, I have been in that stadium. I've sat at the 50 yard line of that stadium for a Broncos preseason game in the very last row at the very top of the 50 yard line. So if you, if you saw any pictures of that stadium uh, while watching any of these games, you see how fucking high it is. You're already like a mile high terms of like elevation i was there for a match or for a, a preseason football game and i was uh drinking i was bringing i was walking up to like two beers my buddy was there with me and he he's a uh, he doesn't drink but i was like i was gonna bring two beers up because i and i can drink two beers i don't have to go back down all the time and i was literally as i was walking up this is in like august uh i can feel the like the stadium shaking underneath me and I'm like, I'm drinking two beers or bringing or bringing two beers up. I I maybe was a little high, um, to be fair, but uh, altitude, I, altitude. But also altitude, and also like it's the stadium is built to like kind of like move a little bit. Like it's like I was just shaky. So, anyways, long story short, uh, USA versus Mexico happened on Sunday night, and uh, MJ, what what you tell us about what happened right away at the first goddamn kick of the game basically there was a 
Gasper-like back pass that didn't look like it had enough weight on it. But Mexico didn't intercept that one. McKenzie got to the back pass before the Mexico had it and then proceeded to try to pass back wide to his right back, which was then intercepted and by uh, Jesus Corona. And Corona goes in, takes kind of a shallow angle shot, but it was a really good shot. It was. Like, it was, it was a, a really good shot. Stefan really didn't have a chance at it, and McKenzie just really, really hosed the, the whole back line in, in, the, in the process. Because he is... basically got two-on-one right after he turned that ball over. And so it, the, his right back, who would normally be able to help him, was trying to be available for a pass. Um, McKenzie didn't see that someone was stepping into that lane. I kind of feel as a center back, you need to know that. McKenzie had a, had a pretty holler of a game generally, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I thought after his two full pause in the in the in the first half, he settled down quite a bit. But I know you have thoughts on this. So yeah, so this this is so uh, this was in the if you have not watched this game, this was in the second minute. So uh, this game that has been you know had been pumped up for a long time. Everybody kind of expected the U.S. and Mexico to make it to the final. Uh, all of a sudden, in the second minute, the, the, it looks like. Uh, Mexico is going to roll because they've scored a goal. And uh, so, uh, and they, and to be fair, like they dominated possession for most of the rest of the, of the first half in the 25th minute, actually uh, Mexico scored a goal that was overturned by VAR, a uh, correct, correctly overturned by VAR. I should, I should add. Um, was it Herrera who, uh, who uh, had the header that was called offside? I didn't think it was Herrera, but it might have been. It- he, his right foot was, was offside. I, well, I mean, it was, and it was, but it was not like uh, English Premier League uh, praying out the uh, the rulers offside. It was, he was, he was. When you looked at the the replay, yeah. he was offside. It was by a, by a, by about a foot. So it was like one of those like clear, that was a current obvious error. So um, the Nations League using the correct way of VAR of of making it clear and obvious. I I'll say that right now. Cause I'm going to roll that back here in a little bit. Um, so that over, so Mexico w- thought they were up to nothing in the 25th minute. Uh, that, gar- that goal was overturned by VAR and not two minutes later, fucking Gio Reyna scores a goal for the United States. It was a, uh, kind of a garbage goal, but also not because, um, uh, McKinney had an amazing header. So MJ, why don't you tell us what, uh, the, what led up like the proceed to this goal? Pulisic took the corner. Am I right? Right. Yep. He took the corner. All night, Wes McKinney was getting great elevation and timing on his leaps on Pulisic's corner. And no one marking him. He connects with this one. It goes, he beats Ochoa, but it goes off the post, but off the inside of the post, so it bangs right to Giorena, who's, who's more to the near post, and he uses his favorite left foot and puts it far side. No, no, no one... Someone was in McKinney's area, but no one was on Gio Reyna. Right. And you, you're just Tata Martino, former Barcelona manager, former coach of that one team, uh, Atlanta U something something. Uh, Union, Atlanta he, Union. He loves to zonal mark on set pieces, not man mark. And you're just like, well, yes, if they were man marking, someone should have been on Gio Reyna. But 
if he's in an obvious scoring position and you're zone marking, that's somebody's zone. I mean, that's Memo Ochoa's zone, apparently. So. <laughs> uh, oh, it, what a, what, it, it was a beautiful goal. If you if you if you take the fact that there was like the 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 pinball rebound off the off the post that McKinney was not attempting to pass to Gio Reyna via the post, you know, it, it's still a beautiful goal. That's why I jokingly refer to it as a garbage goal because McKinney probably should have scored there. Uh, yeah. And, and he will, we'll get to McKinney's headers uh, in a little bit here. Um, but uh, it, it was, it, it, it was a, I mean, watching at the Blackheart, there's probably maybe 20 or so people that were there watching the game. Before that goal was scored, it was it was a fucking downer. Like it was just the mood was piss poor. The U.S. Uh, was just being dominated by Mexico. They were turning the ball over left and right. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't put two passes together. And then all of a sudden, they had a set piece. They score a goal. It was like, okay, if we can just just hold on till halftime, maybe we can make some adjustments. Allowing fine. allowing that goal within the first three minutes, it brought back all these horrifying flashbacks of 2017 minutes. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. And you're just like, don't loon this. We don't want you to loon this. Come on. hundred percent, hundred percent. So. Fun fact. Did you get, I've been searching on the young boys. I young see boys? what you did there, Zeller. I see what you did. You were like, Hey, Jess, go wiki the young boys. And Jess gets distracted and totally zones out the rest of the conversation and doesn't interrupt because she's paying attention to these young boys. Fun fact, my best girlfriend in the whole world from college just moved to Geneva in Switzerland. Wow. And so from the young boys, I was able to find the footy club of Geneva. And it is... Uh, the Servette S-E-R-V-E-T-T-E football club, also known as the Maroons. And when I go visit her, I'm going to make sure it's during footy season. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. Uh, you can also visit uh, our very good friend, Jerry Tieson, who plays in the second division of the uh, Swiss League, the Swiss Challenge League for FC Arau. A-A-R-A-U, if you want to Google that one. Um, <laughs> I see what you're doing there. A-A-R-A-U. A-A-R-A-U. Yeah, F-C. I'm going to put a pin in that and take a, take a gander at that a little later so that I'm actually tuned in. All right. So, uh, I up Mark McKenzie. Did you know he was born in 1999? That's yeah. Oh, God, that's a killer. He's, he's a young center. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's some fucking young people. Uh, there are, kid, there are people who on this team who, yes, who are definitely, I mean, I literally just turned 39 uh, about a week ago and uh, literally a week ago, actually. Um, and uh, there are people, there are kids on this team who could be my child if I, you know, had any athletic ability and fucked when I was 19 years old. So, um, so there's that. And did you just I mean, aesthetically? I mean, no, in actuality. I mean, <laughs> seen this face? Of course I fucked when I was 19. Um, all right. So halftime. So, so we, we normally don't do halftime on the uh, what the hell just happened. But uh, halftime, uh, MJ, were you, were, you, were you watching the CBS Sports uh, uh, broadcast? 
I during was. halftime. You saw you saw the streaker or, or not the streaker, but the guy who like ran through the set and then jumped over the ledge. Yeah. I just want to know: is that guy alive? Let me Google it. I I, I assume so. There's uh, there's a there's actually if you if you the, um, the, the, sorry Charlie Davies and and uh, Dem- Dempsey Dempsey were both yeah. like Dempsey just had his like hands in his lap the entire time. So there's there's actually a, there's actually a really I think Eric Winalda uh, tweeted that basically the, the exact same the question video? Like, is the, is this guy alive and then someone uh, uh, <laughs> tweeted underneath uh, underneath him and uh, he did the is uh, like extended video and it's it's Eric Winalda's video and then um, and then it's the uh, the scene you guys have you guys have both seen Die Hard right yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a scene where uh, Hans Gruber. So it's like <laughs> it's that scene, and then it cuts to Hans Gruber like falling from the Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> it's fucking, it's fucking beautiful. It's great. It's like it, you know, ends up being like you know, twenty-two seconds long. The, the only the original video is like three seconds long. So it's like yeah. So it's like this guy jumping over the ledge, and then like uh, you know, uh, fucking um, uh, Han, you know, Hans Gruber uh, falling from Nakatomi Tower. So. Uh, MJ, you have a thought on Kate Abdo. So I was getting a beer through most of the halftime. And while I'm getting a beer, I overhear her. I do not remember the context, but this is Kate Abdo. She speaks fluent Spanish, German, French, and English. Like soccer linguist. And Spanish. And Spanish. He mentioned that. Yeah, that was one of the four that I mentioned. So, soccer linguist extraordinaire. I don't remember the context. I just overhear the word "concacapi," and she used that word on an official soccer broadcast, which validates every Concacaf critic who's used that hashtag or that word ever. Which I'm, if you follow me on Twitter, I use it quite a bit. It is. It, it, this was a very Concacafy game, generally. It was so. a very Concacafy game, and it wasn't even that Concacafy in the first half. Like you, the second half, and specifically extra time, which we'll get. Think to. a Concacafy game, and the ref isn't calling any of the fouls. Like that's what you think of a Concacafy. This was Concacafy in a different way. Right. Yeah, it, and it wasn't even that Concacafy. Like I said, in the first half, it was. It got much more Concacafy in the second half and extra time. So yeah. Um, so let's jump in the second half. Uh, and so the second half started and, and I don't know about you, MJ, but I thought that the U S uh, really was controlling, uh, the second half. Like they actually came out with a, with a much, much better plan, uh, of attack in the second half. Um, however, L three were the first to score in the second half in the 79th minute. Yeah. The first part of the second half looked look good. Uh- the subs I thought made a huge difference. Uh, identifying some weaknesses with uh, Tim Ream, to be honest. Um, Tim Ream was the one who he stepped didn't. Up. He didn't come off though. He Sergio Sergino Des came was the one who came off. Tim Ream. Tim Ream looked fucking terrible all game. I, I I'm sorry. He, I eventually, to that. he eventually got subbed off. David. He eventually did, but he looked yeah. fucking terrible all game. He was getting beaten left and right, like um, like the blonde headed stepchild that Tim Ream is. The one good thing he did is he stepped up. To create that offside trap to get that goal called off on bar. He did. That's he did one good thing. He did one good thing. And he did like ten terrible things. He did, yes. I mean, I I guess I guess I just understand why Greg Berhalter was like, yes. For the best for the biggest game of Greg Berhalter's 
career so far as as the manager of the U.S. Men, men's national team, he decided, you know what? Fuck it. Three, four, two, one. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fucking put my chips down on the guy who didn't even play for Fulham, one of the worst teams in the in the EPL this year. And he a guy relegated. who only played, a guy who only played like 10 times for relegated for one, worst, for one of the worst fucking teams in the English Premier League. He was like, I'm going to put my chips on that guy. I just I just I don't understand and I was we were at uh, I was at the Black Heart watching the game with with a bunch of other people and we were all we were all like in the 29th minute, I was like, wait, what? so when would be too early to yank Tim Ream off the field in replacement? Right. Put Reggie Cannon on there, uh, push DeAndre Yedlin up, make it a 4-3-3 or something back. like that. Um, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But no, no. Take Tim Ream off. Um, just And then you put fucking Reggie Cannon on the right and you just you make it a 4-3-3. It's very yeah. easy. You could have easily done that. And I was like, is the 29th minute too early? Would the 19th minute have been him too early? Would the ninth minute have been too early to do that? Uh, if you're Greg Berhalter, I argue that the fourth minute would have been maybe too early. The ninth minute, the 29th minute, whatever. Not early enough. Anyways, fuck Tim Ream. <laughs> so. He did step up in the 25th minute. Literally step up. He did step up. In, in uh, yeah, exactly. He did one good thing, uh, which saved us the game. However... In the 82nd minute, uh, another U.S. goal, uh, Weston McKinney, who was denied on his header in the uh, the first in the first half, and the, the goal that uh, Gio Reyna scored, fucking has a great header, uh, scores, makes it two two, and holy shit, man! It's we're, we have a fucking we have a fucking classic, uh, an El Clasico on our hands here. It's two two, and, yeah. and, and there's less than ten minutes to play. Right. And then we get uh, then we get the classic, you know, this game was already bonkers at this point. Right. Uh, with the goals and, and how much it had gone back and forth. Uh, and then we get the, uh, the the referee stops the game because we hear that uh, irascible uh, P chant in the stands. Uh, this so uh, this game was played in Denver. Um, but the crowd was estimated to be about 70 percent Mexican supporters versus 30% U.S. supporters. There's obviously a large uh, uh, Hispanic and Mexican-American uh, contingent, you know, populace in in Denver. So, you know, not 100% unexpected. But uh, it was it was all of a sudden, yeah, the, the referee, to his credit, called, like, stopped the game for three minutes uh, as that chant was going on. And, and, you know, they they told people to stop doing it. And, um, yeah, but anyways, games ends 2-2. We go to extra time. And then this is where this game gets like we thought this game was already cocky caffy, right? There was there were some very ridiculous challenges that were either not called, should have been red cards that were just like straight not called. This is it's very oh. comable in terms of the uh, of the refereeing here. Uh, this this referee kind of lost the plot on this game. So Jess, you, you want to interject something here? Question: Concacafi. Definition. Uh, So CONCACAF is the confederation of North Central America and the Caribbean. Okay. Uh, And so that all acronyms to CONCACAF. Right. um, 
And, and what is the, the, the international the international judge. games in CONCACAF tend to have mm -hmm. a brand. And mm -hmm. that brand is kind of nutso. So mm -hmm. I Talk Do dodgy, dodgy, if you will. Yeah. Okay. To use an English parlance, dodgy. Typically, if you're not playing in Canada, the U.S. or Mexico, or even if you are, you might be playing on a really crappy pitch that's not well maintained, that may or may not be, you know, shaped like a rectangle. Though usually it is. Um, there's usually a lot of hard fouls by the less talented team to try to um, injure or negate the team that is more talented. Oh. And so it can get kind of roughhouse, shithousery, that sort of thing. Um, there are typically at least two, if not five, referee co controversial ref calls or no calls. Hmm. Um, and so all this put together comes, you know, is under this umbrella of very concacafy because we have a football confederation with the United States, Mexico, uh, Canada, Jamaica, Costa Rica, Honduras. And then we have teams like St. Kitts and Nevis and uh, Bermuda, Bermuda, then maybe Montserrat, you know, like we, these small Caribbean Island teams. Mm -hmm. And so the, the gap of talent is why the gap of refereeing. Ah, I see. Is, is, I see. Is, is why you're putting down. I got it. Um, the, we we actually include Sur Suriname and Guyana, two South American countries, in Concacaf because they are not good enough for Commonwealth, the the South American Confederation. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Oh, we'll yeah. just take your orphans. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, they're not good enough for you. We'll <laughs> we have to deal with small island nations. You know. Yeah. Small island nations that are closer to South America than they are North America, but they're they're all hey. that shit is in our con our confederation. Woot is a crazy game, yeah. So so Concacafi is kind of like shithousery. There's a lot of shithousery in uh, in Concacaf uh, soccer, generally. So that is that's what we, when we say Concacafi. That's what we mean with, by we saying Concacaf. Conca there were two almost brawls that happened in this match. That sounds like my kind of game. And, See? and only only one resulted in a in, in a yellow card. <laughs> right. No, no one was sent off. The no only one. red card. We'll talk about the only red card in a, in a hot second here. The only red card was not because of a brawl or because of a, of. There were at least two tackles by Mexican players that should have been red cards. There was one by a U.S. men's national player that maybe could have been a red card or a second yellow, uh, at least. Um, but the only red card was actually to uh, the oldest man in the field, uh, Tata Martino. <laughs> um, manager for Mexico. Manager for Mexico. So uh, Normally yeah. when we talk about bad first touches, it's a bad first touch because someone mishandled a ball that was passed to them. But this was a bad first touch on... Tata Martino putting his hand on the referee. That's a no-no. Yeah. So it's, so it's, you, you can't do that. You can't touch you can't the ref. Let's jump to that. Yes. No, you cannot touch. You cannot, you're not, you're not supposed to touch the ref. Um, sometimes Why you can. His fingers in everybody's faces pointing. Uh, Rude. So uh, let's, well, so let's talk about, so let's talk about this first for a second here. Uh, we'll get to that right now. Um, in the 111th or like 109th minute, uh, uh, Kristen Pulisic is like 
is pulled down in the box by two Mexican players. No, no follows called. Um, game plays on. Game stoppage. They say VAR. Um, referee goes to the uh, to the to the monitor to look at the VAR. As he's at the monitor, Tata Martino comes over and like puts his arm around the referee as the referee is looking at the VAR screen, which is a big fucking no no. Okay, man. Let you me take cannot, here. <laughs> you cannot do that. And, and and I was watching so I was watching a very like a condensed uh replay of the of match on uh Teudian uh this afternoon and he was like he was try he went so he was trying to go there earlier his own player kept was trying to like keep him away like basically boxing him out of doing this and then a a a CONCACAF official came over and was like no 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 you stay away and then he got around that guy and then put his arm around uh the, the official the official just literally turns around and like he doesn't he doesn't even, i don't think he actually saw that it was tata martino he's reached around and like pulled out his fucking red card from his front pocket it was, he like, was like don't touch me whoever's bitch. touching me no, get the red card. no. and it was, it was tata exactly just fucking exactly. martino I get it. I wish it's I had cool. a red card. No, at the club. It was it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Uh, anyways, so right, so Tata gets red carded in the 112th minute of uh, so the uh, second half of extra time. Um, VAR correctly, absolutely atrocious non call on the Pulisic was fouled by two Mexican players. Could have called a, the foul on either one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, MJ, you have thoughts on uh, thoughts on this specific uh, which which follows. The most important I hear follow. this a lot in another sport that I play, which I won't mention, but there's all this talk about, well, he touched the ball. He got to the ball first. Baseball? No, broom ball. Broom ball. Duh. But I wasn't going to mention it. You made I me break my it. promise. I'm a liar on the pod. So, no, the, here's the thing. Rule, sports rules have now realized that someone being reckless just to get to the ball first and take somebody's legs out or body check them, that's not okay. So it's not enough to just get to the ball before the other person does. Like maybe they pass it a little bit too far in front of them. Salcedo beats Christian Pulisic to the ball only by a hard, very hard box out that basically body checks him. And then as Christian Pulisic's forward momentum is tripping over Salcedo's leg that he stuck out to reach in and just toe poke the ball a bit, Salcedo actually shoves him. So it was a, it was a complete judo move that, you know, any martial artist would be, you know, happy to see in MMA, but this is not MMA. So it was rightfully called yeah. a penalty. And so in the 114th minute, uh, Christian Pulisic scores uh, the goal. Just absolutely beautiful penalty kick. Uh, Ochoa had no shot at it. It, it was and so it, so we're now we're at three two USA. Wait, Ochoa wasn't he the goalie for Salt Lake? Different Ochoa. Different Ochoa. Different Ochoa. Different Ochoa. Me, this is no Memo way. Ochoa. Memo no Ochoa. Way. David Ochoa is the is is a U.S. Uh, he cap. He was the third. 
goalkeeper in this in this game. Yeah, he was yeah. actually. Yeah, he was on the he was on the bench. Oh. Um, if enough yeah. goalkeepers. If Mexico had injured enough goalkeepers, we would have had Ochoa versus Ochoa. We, we yeah, we very much very much would have. Uh, and then uh, you know, then in a classic display of of awesome Mexican fans, uh, Pulisic scores, and then they're just they just throw shit at U.S. players. Hitting Gio Reyna, who had been subbed off at this point, um, which was really, really awesome. With a beverage container of some sort. Yeah, with a beverage container of some sort. So, oh, no. It looked, it looked oh, hard and it looked like it hurt in the back of the head. Yeah. We don't throw things. We might throw, well, we might throw you know, comments. We might throw signs. Um, things. So Jess, yeah. apparently you're not familiar with um, a uh, white people um, <laughs> at, at uh, non generally non white people sport events. So like basketball games uh, mm-hmm. and also uh, US no. v Mexico games because no. there's it's lots of shit thrown. Throw shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you US fans have a history of being really shitty. Well, duh, we're ugly Americans. As do as do do Mexican fans, by the way. Let's like let's not let's let's keep it keep it totally clear here. Like the the U.S. fans are not great, and the Mexican fans are also not great for 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 slightly different reasons. But like they're both not great. So okay. Um. Well, I don't throw things, so y'all know. So I'm very loud though. So loud. So Gio gets hit. Uh. Anyways, and we're like, okay. Basically, like, U.S. kill the game off, kill the game off, please kill the fucking game off. Uh, in the 119th minute, though, or 100, like, I think this is this actually in the 108, yeah, 119th minute. Um, Mexican, the Mexican team is 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 taking shots, taking shots. There are appeals for a handball, and it seems insane from anybody who is watching the game. Um, it goes to VAR. And for somehow, for some reason, a two-minute VAR just looking at the same Zap Reuter footage over and over and over again determines that there was a, a handball in the box by the U.S. men's national team, which re- resulted in a penalty for the Mexican team. MJ. All hit Mark McKenzie's arm in the box, David. It did. It hit Mark McKenzie's arm in the box. And the ref determined that even though it was by his side and Mark McKenzie was jumping, by his side, that made his profile jumping, and yes, he was he was extending his arm by his side with jumping. Um, it felt like the it, it, honestly, man, it felt like the fix was in. This referee, uh, I don't even know the fucking referee's name. I'm not even gonna look it up. Uh, he had a he had a really fucking terrible game. He had a no, he had a great game. fucking game. No, he had a terrible game. Other okay, other than the fact that there there should have been fucking three red cards in this game, buddy. Okay, yeah, above and beyond the Tata red card. There should have been three red cards, and there and there that last penalty was obviously a makeup call, but makeup call for what? For the Pulisic penalty. But that was actually a legitimate penalty. Yeah, yeah, I I know, but it's not a makeup call when it's actually fucking legitimate, man. It's, have you watched hockey at, at all? Come on, you know what a makeup call is. No, I I have, but I and I watch soccer. It doesn't and, take a lot, right, to make uh, sure that the, the fans of both sides feel like it's a lot easier to do makeup calls in hockey when it's so fast and there's there's fucking uh, penalties happening all over there. the place. You got me there. When penalties are happening all over the place, 
when you could call a penalty on pretty much every fucking shift if you really wanted to. It's you don't make you don't do makeup calls in fucking soccer, especially if the actual call is right. Anyways, long story short, uh, U.S. Uh, concedes a penalty to Mexico. Uh, Andres Guardado, uh, uh, yeah, Guardado steps up and uh, Captain Guardado. We should also we should also point out here, but by the way, um, not uh, ten minutes earlier. Zach Steffen went down with an injury, a muscle injury. Ethan Horvath had to come in. Mexico had, uh, you know, had tied the game up earlier uh, in the 79th minute. So Ethan Horvath had come in like basically like five minutes before that. Uh, I, I forgot to put that in the rundown. Ethan Hor- so we're ending our game with our backup goalkeeper, right? So let's also set the stage here. Stephen, Jack Steffen, our, our main primary goalkeeper, played 12 games this year for Man City. Ethan Horvath, our backup goalkeeper, played 270 minutes this year. He played for four Club games. Rouge. For Club Rouge. For Club Rouge, but he played four games total this year for his club. Anyways, he has to come in in like the 78th minute or the 75th like minute or something like that. First shot he sees, he gets scored on. Um, he made, a, he made, that, a he couple, made about three amazing saves, though. He made some really great saves. So here he is in the uh, 123rd minute, having to face uh, their captain, Guardado, and the motherfucking god, Ethan Horvath, makes the fucking save. It was fucking brilliant. And not only makes a save, he makes a save, and the ball stays in, in uh, uh, in in the field of play. So... There's recycling. There's a lot of stuff. So Ethan Horvath makes the fucking save. He gets up. He's not even like jumping around, like celebrating stuff. He's like, he's pointing to people like, go there, go there, go there. Like really like getting people like fucking aligned. Um, When they finally about 10 seconds later, like there's a ball kicked in that he's able to cover uh, Brooks and Reem and all those guys are over there. Like just, you know, cheering him on and all that stuff. So uh, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. And then um, my, probably my favorite part of the match if we, if we had to like pick like a, a next Freddy ado for like favorite uh moment of the match is um towards the end of the game there's a throw in and there's a, 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 a kerfuffle at the sideline and all the Mexican fans again are throwing shit at US players uh and one of the and you I saw this on the broadcast I think I, I tried to grab it like a screen grab of it but I wasn't really able to um Me- Mexican fans throwing like full shit at, at players and they hit. First of all, concessions hit. are way too expensive to be wasting your shit like that. Yeah. Second Anyways. of all, don't throw shit. Anyways, they're throwing shit at uh, at the U.S. players, and they hit a Mexican player square in the head, and like he fucking goes down. Like he goes. So down? Thought, yeah, it was. It was. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, Those must be some cheese curds. Yeah, uh, MJ. Any or or and or Jess, <laughs> any any other thoughts uh, on on the rest of this game? Um, otherwise, we can do our Freddy Adus. Uh Pitch Invader. Oh right, there's a Pitch Invader. I, for, I totally forgot. Yeah, that. like Conca Cafe as fuck. Conca Cafe as fuck. This is like security Speaker. at Conca Cafe events is 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 bullshit, basically, right? I mean, so. Our friend Adam Jarvie pointed out that CONCACAF 
may or may not be unwilling to punish uh, Mexico fans as harshly as other countries because they get so much revenue from Mexico fans. And they know that that it's the largest country as far as fans that buy jerseys and tickets and who gives a stuff. shit? And so that's their revenue cash cow. And they're and I was just like, yeah, you're probably right. They probably are more lenient. Which on, is why oh, just can, just, we which need to might even ban those assholes for life. Okay, just, thank you, thank you, Jeff. People ready to fill their ranks. We just we need to uh, we need to uh, educate you on Concacaf. Um, I, I I literally tweeted about this last night, and I kind of joked. It was kind of a joke, but I was like, all of the stadiums that we're playing in, especially in the U.S., like, and most of the stadiums probably in Mexico have the ability to. Oh yeah, I saw that. Ident- identify the people who are doing the P chant. And you could effectively ban those people from those stadiums for the rest of their lives. Um, there's a reason we don't. And it's not like the good, you know, like, oh, it's we're not, out doing big brother reasons. It's it's the it's the uh, uh, right. cash money. I get, cash money. I get it, but you could at least do a slap on the wrist. Uh, that's, what the fuck's that going to do? Well, essentially nothing. But it's, Neither, it's the... It's the action, right? It's the it's the symbolism of of taking an action against that kind of behavior. Yeah. Right. I, we all know um, it's not gonna do shit for shit. Because listen, if it were me and and there were there were times at TCF Bank Stadium where I may or may not have allegedly threatened to start a riot. Okay. So like, <laughs> you know, would they have would I have appreciated a lifetime ban? No. But would I have probably taken it seriously if they'd like, you know, told me, hey, don't be a bad actor? Yeah, I probably would have. And I think that's worth something. Well, let's jump into that when we get to our big questions. Uh, very quickly, uh, MJ, who are your uh, US Freddy Adus? Uh My US Freddy Adu, uh obviously Horvath is my best ready to do with the game. I, I will put another shout out to uh, Tyler Adams who stepped in both as defensive midfielder and shoring up a lot of things of our very leaky back line. Yeah. I mean, Horvath obviously make that mixing, making that a uh, penalty save. Uh, amazing. Um, man, Weston McKinney, I think he put in, the, he put in a goddamn shift. Now, and, now and the match, man. Now the match. He 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 is legitimate man of the match, um, but for Ethan Horvath uh, uh, and his uh, dumbass face um, and making some great saves, I had I I I've already expressed my uh, displeasure with Mark McKenzie um, in terms of what he did. He played not great on the uh, in the Honduras game as well, and I was surprised. Actually, I was honestly legitimately surprised that he started and that Greg Berhalter went to, with a, a three man back line. To start the game, he was my uh, my shitty Freddie to do. Who was yours, MJ? Obviously, I I, I thought McKenzie's sure. second half was way better than it, than it's than it's first. And Fair he, enough, but he but I mean, I guess this is maybe like a combined. Like he, I thought Brooks he, Brooks for being a Bundesliga player was shaky all game, and and that's disturbing. For, on another thing, but yeah, who my, was yours? My back line fuck up was was Tim Ream. Yeah, I mean, yeah, fair, 
Uh, all right, let's let's do Mexico quick. Um, you want to start, MJ? Who's your who's your uh, uh, um, good friend? You do it. It ended being. Uh, oh no, it wasn't. It was it ended up being saved by Zach Steffen, but uh, Irving Chucky Lozano had this great onside run that that looked our, like our entire defense looked like fools, and and Zach Steffen came out and made a phenomenal save on on that. But I thought just the way he moved without the ball, the way he attacked, uh, Chuck Lozano is my best ready to do. Excellent. Uh, I had Diego Lainez. Uh, I'm. I, no, he didn't score any goals, but he, man, like he's only 21. That kid is going to be, uh, that kid is, is good. Yeah. And I think he was not subbed on early enough. And I think Tata Martino, when he goes back and looks at that game tape, will realize that maybe he should have put uh, Diego Leanes in uh, either in the starting lineup or uh, he subbed him on much, much earlier than he did. Because yeah, and, and Tuna didn't do a whole lot. And yeah. Diego Linus did a lot. Yeah, so. he did. He did. He's, so. oh, I just, I, man, he's the guy I, I wish that we had, like, kind of the guy I wish we, I, we had in the U.S. men's pool. Like, we don't, we don't have a, we don't have a, a, a kid like Diego. Uh, like, yeah, a winger who can cut in and horizontally and, and, yeah. I mean, maybe, like, maybe Yunus Musa could yeah. become that player, but like, we, he's, Elian is, is, uh, like he's that right now he's already fully developed. So I would love to love to see some, somebody like that develop in the U S men's national team pool. Um, who's your shitty Freddie? I do. Uh, obviously for slotting into Zach Stefan for choking Weston McKinney. And I we, for I there was a choking. There was a guy who got choked. I forgot about <laughs> Jesus Christ. This game was this fucking bonkers. Up. Sounds like okay, so, orange so, is the new black. So, so he, he was already on a yellow when when Hector Rodea was slid into uh, Tim Weah. But like, like this was one of the red cards that you were complaining about should have been called. Yeah, and and maybe because he's a veteran Mexican player, maybe maybe not. But like the Panamanian ref decided to hide all of his cards in its pocket like a bad poker player and and just like not show him a card and i was like that's clearly a second yellow he's had three things that should have been yellow cards and you only award one of them so Hector arrera gets my uh shitty pretty do. that's fair jess uh do you have paramount plus who do you have paramount plus the no. streaming service, it's, okay. Uh, CBS's streaming service. You should you should get it because then you can re- you can watch this match, and just watch this match again, or for the first time. And then, because... um, if I do that, um, do I get to like next week reiterate everything you just said? I'll I'll you watch this match. Just <laughs> listen if you want if you want to understand Concacafi. And shithousery and whatever. If you watch this match, um, I will buy you a drink at the next time that we're together at the bar because I really yeah, want to hear. I really want to hear what you have to say about this match because this is like the quintessential um, match. fucking shithousery, concaffy. Like 
CONCACAF match that you could possibly uh, uh, imagine. My my Freddie do for Mexico for the shitty side was that fucking referee from Panama, which again, I'm not even going to look up his fucking name. I won't even dignify that motherfucker because that guy le- lost control of the match early on, continues to control the match. Luckily, VAR bailed his ass out four, three times, two times. The third time, I think, was, you know, a little fucking, you know, shysty, if it, you know what I mean. Um, maybe he had some money on the game. Uh, not you know not gonna apply anything but you know eh, eh. um yeah so <sighs> all right so the, okay, these are, his name's john pity i don't care i don't want to know his name pity, I, I, pity you do. I, I pity the motherfucking fool that uh let that guy referee a uh, a uh, uh, fucking uh final um Anyways, this brings the uh, the U.S. versus Mexico. Nope, nope, nope. First, first, I must note that while y'all were chatting about things that you know about, I was looking up things that I don't know about, like the adjective slash adverb. I'm not an English major, duty right now. Concacafi, and I found a New York Times article that three thrice says that's so concacafi uh new york times us v mexico soccer look it up they do it with a c-a-f-f-y as opposed to however y'all have been doing it on the agenda and john pity P-I-T-T-I was the referee. So the more you know. Fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, the f- um, that fucking asshole. Anyway. Asshole. Good, good research on I will say that Kate Abdo uttered it into an official live broadcast before that article was written. Yeah, but, she did. It's but, it, it literally it's been it's been it's it's out there. It's been it's been out there for a it's long time. It's been out there. I know. Long, I just felt really validated. A long time. Um Kathy. MJ, Burn so it, know it, use it, save it. MJ, so me and you have been watching uh, the U.S. men's national team for a long time, and just uh-huh. feel free to like jump in if you if you want. Um, was that the most insane USA v Mexico match of our lifetimes? Okay, I'm gonna bring up two, you know, competitors. Because I, I will say, I I will say, I think it was. But you, but go ahead, bring, so bring your competitors. There, there was the 2000, 2002 uh quarterfinal knockout match in Korea between mm. USA and Mexico. And just because remember, of how much was on the line and the fact that it ended up Dos Acero. I remember watching that match because it was it was it was playing at like three o'clock in the morning. I was not quite twenty or I had just turned 21 and uh I was drinking uh fucking um a lot. No, what's that? That's what's that Jamaican beer that's in bomber, like little bombers. Oh, oh, um, uh, red something. Red, red, red stripe. stripe. Red stripe. My buddy, my buddy who is Brazilian. Um, yeah, Nux. Everybody. Uh, my buddy who's Brazilian. Uh, not Jamaican. Not Jamaican, but he. Uh, he was that that 2002 is how actually how I got in. I got really into soccer. I got really into Liverpool and I got really into the U S men's national team. Um, I got really into Liverpool because of Michael Owen from that England squad who was playing for Liverpool. 
who is fucking amazing. And I got really into the U.S. men's national team because they went to the quarterfinal. And yeah, my buddy who was like part Brazilian, like half Brazilian, um, so he would host uh, parties uh, at his place. And so I, I was just like, I would go to bed at nine, wake up at like, you know, 12. So I took like a three hour nap and then we would stay up until uh, eight o'clock in the morning watching watching the, the fucking World Cup. So that's like the year I got, like that's the year I got into soccer, buddy. I misspoke. It was the round of 16, not the quarterfinals. But right. anyway, yeah. Brian McBride, Landon Donovan with the two goals. Dos Acero. Now, this was not the most CONCACAFI of, of matches. Like, it doesn't hold anything. It doesn't hold a candle to this Nations League match in yeah. as far as CONCACAFI-ness. It's very much smash and grab, though. But but when you say what what is the most insane USA versus Mexico, because of what was on the line, getting to the next round of the World Cup, Dos Acero, like that's pretty insane. The other one that I'll bring up is the 2013 U.S. versus Mexico World Cup qualifier in Columbus. That is the one where it was Dos Acero. Dempsey gets taken down near the end line. He goes up and he missed. He shanks the penalty kick about six yards or eight yards wide. Like it, it was it deliberate or not? His his face and body language revealed nothing. It, it, he didn't look super disappointed. He didn't have a wink or a smile. But there's been a lot of theories that he missed that on purpose just so it ended up in the Columbus Dos Anceros. There's was, there was actually a joke about that on the uh, on the uh, uh, pregame for because uh, they put up a, a, a graphic of people who've scored against uh, Mexico, and it was – uh, a Gooch, so Gooch won. Charlie Davies, won. Um, Clint Dempsey zero, Kate Abdo zero. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and Dempsey was like, "Well, you know, <laughs> I I could have scored against Mexico, but I, I you know." So they they made it. They made light of that. So, um, okay. So the other question I have, uh is there's a duopoly apparently uh, clearly a top of, of CONCACAF, right? It's, it's us, it's Mexico one or two. Who has the edge right now? Who do you, who do you so, think has the edge right now? Uh, going to this match, I believe Mexico had our numbers on, on senior side things six out of the last seven times. So now it's six out of the last eight times. Um, I'm still going to give it to Mexico, the edge to Mexico. Even though we're young and hot and they are old and cold, I yeah. still give the yeah. edge to Mexico. They also don't have a nine, man. They don't have an actual striker, so whatever. Do we have an actual – is Josh Sargent an actual striker? Josh, Josh Sargent is an actual striker. Sibiachu okay. uh, uh, okay. is an actual striker. Yeah, have, yeah, okay. okay. We have actual – Gerald DK, who's not e- even in this camp, is an actual striker. We have strikers. Uh, Mexico, the Mexican team, uh, if they're not bringing in uh, Chicharito or Carlos Vela, do not have a striker. So that's, yeah, let's leave it there. And then I guess my final big question here is, um, and in this can, this is a go back and forth question on this. How big of dipshits are Mexican national team fans uh, and specifically CONCACAF for not enforcing their own fucking rules? Uh, We have, uh, we have, we've had issues back and forth with both U.S. team fans and, and Mexican national team fans. Mexican national team fans are very, very keen on throwing shit at people. Um, 
the U.S. fans are not as keen on that, but also have their own their own issues. Just don't. Yeah. The, the Mexico fans tend to be like to say homophobic things. The U.S. fans tend to like to say very racist things. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, if if Concacaf would just ban these fans or find the confederation, you know, like like you the ref gives a warning and then they do it again. You you find the, the confederations. Like you allow fans like this into your stands for what should be an international match that is showing the best of your country. We can find fans that want to pay and go to these games that aren't dipshits. Right. And um, yeah, I, I, I would just say like the uh, the Mexican Federation came out today with a statement basically saying like not all not all Mexican fans da da da, da um, like well of course not we, no one's gonna generalize we really, and we really don't want you to do to use violence and and do discriminatory chants in the in the stands which is great that's actually that's honestly it, it's great because that is the furthest the actual federation has ever uh taken this honestly like the federation has never said anything before about um people using the p chant in the stands and or throwing shit at fans which they've been or at, at uh, players which they've been doing for the entirety of their existence so decades this is, decades this is, this is a step in the right direction um the fact that it's taken this long to get there is is frustrating and difficult um i mean i i, I want to like give the federation some credit for at least saying this now David. whether they're actually willing to do it and willing to like follow through on it i don't know mj the, the first the first part of any 12-step program is admitting you have a problem mm-hmm. and, and the mexican football federation <laughs> I've been a, I've been a part of many twelve step programs, MJ. I understand what the first part of the uh, of the twelve step program is. I mean, someone, someone, I don't get, there, I don't get much past the second step, but you know, somewhere in there, you came also have to, to came to believe. You, you have to pray to referee uh, pity and ask him into your heart to forgive you of all your your fouls, but whatever. Oh, I pray. I pray to my own God. It's yeah. yeah she's came to believe in a power greater than myself. Yeah, my own God is she's a she's, she's a doorknobs. The group flashlight. I don't know. Group. You know, whatever. Uh, all right, <laughs> all right. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some Minneapolis City, Madison. We got some USL women's news to announce. As well as the rest of the rest of the world. So we'll be back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right. And we're back well, with the Minneapolis City Minute. Uh, MJ, me and you went to the Minneapolis City game. Jess, you need to come to a Minneapolis City game sometime um, this year. Yes. I Wait, was that last night as well? No, that was uh, last night as Saturday. well. Saturday, Saturday night. So this, this Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday I had no plans. This Saturday, uh, you're, you're coming to Minneapolis City. Are they the Flamingos? No, that's Mason. No, that's Madison. Madison. Wait. 
hold on. Let's what let's 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 get the Minneapolis City made up here very quickly. Yep. Uh so this weekend, uh City beat the ever loving fuck out of Med City two to nothing. <laughs> uh Med City had a five to one yellow card to shots on goal ratio. Uh Minneapolis City scored two goals. So that was awesome. And that, in, that was five yellow cards. Five yellow cards. One- only one shot on goal. One shot on goal. Yeah, and uh, so Minneapolis City won two nothing. Uh, they were undefeated going into this game. They were both both Minneapolis City and and Med City were only one team leaves undefeated, uh, and also shockingly Duluth uh, FC lost to Sioux Falls. So Minneapolis City is top of the table. They, and MJ, they, you you have a little bit more information on this, right? They tied it up in the 89th minute. Duluth tied it up in the 89th minute, and then in stoppage time, fucked it up. Uh, the don- the donkey donkeys FC, our pejorative nickname, uh, the donkeys donkey did in in like the ninety whatever minute, and lose two one to classic donkeys. Yeah. Um, I so I'm I'm so me and my me and my wife uh and my family are going up to uh, Cayuga, Wisconsin, uh to uh, uh bury her uh, Anna's grandfather in like early early July. And the plan is to um, for for that to happen on like on the second of July. And I was like, wait, there's a there's a Minneapolis City Duluth match on a Wednesday, the thirtieth of June. Why don't we just drive up early, hang out in Duluth, get a hotel room, like you know, hang out by the fucking Lake Superior and and see nature and shit, but also like and go see a Minneapolis Agnes. City match. What's that? And find Aggie. Maybe I don't know. I don't care. I I also I just want to watch Minneapolis City beat Duluth in Duluth. So I'm trying to convince my wife. My two year old probably would love that, and he probably would love just like watching like boats. Yeah, I would probably he would probably love like watching boats come in and out of the of Lake Superior. So, but also, but more importantly, I just want to like watch Minneapolis City beat Duluth in Duluth. And so I'm trying to convince my wife and her family to go up a day early and spend the night in Duluth before going uh, across the river to Cayuga, which is about an hour, uh, about an hour and a half away from Duluth. I support this mission. So that's my, that's, that's what I, that's, that's the bullshit I'm working on right now. I'm trying to make that do bullshit it. work. Anna, uh, do it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, MJ, uh, and, uh, Minneapolis City too also is uh is doing really really well right now. Tell us they about are it. top of the table in the US uh UPSL Midwest West division. Because there's always like it's three or west, four directionals. The westiest of west. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's <laughs> like there's the south division and then that south or the south conference and then the divisions within the conference are like the south north the southwest the south the southeast you know like we are in the midwest west Um, right uh their next match is this is dose minneapolis city two is this saturday um in st cloud at uh granite city fc who is like third so that should be a good match and then uh the senior squad next matches they play this wednesday June 9th, 7 p.m. at Dakota Fusion. So if you, I don't know why you'd want to drive to Fargo on a Wednesday evening, but if you 
on Fargo this Wednesday, you should check out Dakota Fusion. Like we have Angel maybe City. one listener in Moorhead. So, yeah. hey, go hey that do, guy in Moorhead, uh, go to the fucking Dakota Fusion match. Uh, cheer for Minneapolis City. Yeah, send or us, cheer for the, your your home team. I don't care. Go to that match. No, cheer for Minneapolis City. Send us pictures. Uh, we'll this, send you something. This Saturday, Jessica, it will be your chance to see Minneapolis City. They are away, but they are only in St. Louis Park. Like they're not, not playing. In, they're, they're not playing in Minneapolis. They're playing away match in St. Louis Park High School known as Oriole Stadium. So this Saturday, 7 p.m. against Joy Athletic. Um, Joy Athletic? Who's... We can't beat them. They are joyous. We are going to make them the most unjoyful NPSL North team ever this Saturday. Yeah, they're not very good. Well, good they're like joyous. I'm not surprised. They have two really good players. One used to play for Minneapolis City, and the other one used to play for... A really good team in Portugal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like your names for for the for this actual particular derby, MJ. You wanna you wanna throw them out there? Yeah. So I, I was talking with this with some Minneapolis City higher ups at higher uh, up. at Udipils. Like, what are we gonna call this derby when we had a in state in the Twin Cities area rivalry? with a team in St. Paul, it was the Green Line Derby. Um, now that VSLT isn't playing in the league anymore, but we have this Joy Athletic team, we, uh, we want to call it the 394 Derby or the Whitney Brown Derby. So listeners, let us know. What do you think this Derby should be called? Wait, what are the options? The 394 Derby, because that's what you take from Minneapolis to get I to Minneapolis Park. Fair enough. Whitney Brown okay. used to play with the Crows, now coaches and plays with Joy Athletic. And he's the oldest guy on that team. I say the Road Construction Derby. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, what? what? Not fair. Uh, I think there's 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 better options, MJ. I, I, I appreciate your your con- contributions here, but um, what do you think? I, I'm, I was trying to think of something because St. Louis Park is not. You don't need to take 394 to get to St. Louis Park. You don't. Um, you don't have to, but like that's the only way I go. I was I, I was gonna say you know uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I have good ideas. I'm saying it's. The, there's. We, there's a better idea out there. If we call it the Cohen Brothers Derby, that's misleading because they. They are only associated with St. Louis Park. They. They have no really associations with Minneapolis. Right. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like I think there's a better name, and I don't know what but it is. Call that in the traffic when they're like reporting on traffic. Do they call that? Not the Crosstown, the... Well, the Crosstown is down in, in South, like uh, Bloomington, Richfield. When, when it's really congested, 394, 94 is... What do they, what do they call it? The that? Lowry Tunnel? Oh, the Lowry Tunnel. Dirt. Traffic. I don't know. It's not really Lowry Tunnel, though, because it's like that's not that doesn't get you to St. Louis Park. It's Right, right. 
it, it just gets it you. Gets too, me there. Listen, it's what what what's ruminate on it? We we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Like, Listener, like listeners, add us and and let us know. Yeah, um, at MJ at MJ Matsui uh, with yeah, all yeah. your suggestions uh, for yes, yes. at just yeah. whatever the niner 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 niner. One. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's do very quickly uh Madison Ford Madtown Bro Down. Um man, uh, I did not get a chance to watch this game. I was actually was celebrating my birth my my and my wife's birthday with my uh with my family uh on Sunday, and so I missed uh Madison's first loss. So I've never seen Madison lose this year. Um and therefore Clara has never seen Madison lose. So we're going to keep it that way. Uh, but they did lose uh one two to Omaha uh at home. Omaha. MJ, any any other specific thoughts? Did you watch this game or I did not watch this game. Okay. Uh if if it were in Omaha, I would have been tempted to stay in Omaha the next day. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and and see Union in Omaha for the first time, but it was in Madison and I want to get Don't back worry, to the, in the so, But yeah. Um, it's a bummer that it's their first loss. It's pretty tight. The the top four or five teams um, in that division are all pretty close. So even though this drops uh, Ford Madison to fourth and Union Omaha to, is in first place, they're really only like one win away. You know, Madison basically uh, has played one more game than they do. So they have one more win. So with yeah. the game in hand, anything can happen. There's the heart a- that matters most. <laughs> There's a very, very real possibility that I may have, uh, have tickets to a couple of Madison games uh, this later this summer. Um, my uh, my in-laws who uh, uh, sold, are selling their condo in Madison at the end, like, towards the end of this month, are buying a house in uh, Minnesota in St. Paul in July, and so they have, and they they actually had they bought a a season ticket pa- or a partial season ticket package. Um, in 2019 for the 2020 season, which did not happen. So they now have some tickets to some games. So I may or may not be in possession of uh, a couple of tickets to go to uh Ford Madison games. If uh, anybody is interested in going to those games, you know, you can slide it, slide into my DMS or, or uh, shoot me a text or whatever. Back at the door. Uh, all right. And then, uh, so this is, this is like, Late breaking news. Uh, USL uh, announces a pre-professional women's league. Uh, this is from uh, in the athletic Meg Linehan and Jeff Reuter uh, article just dropped maybe about two hours before we start recording. MJ. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, MJ, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what was in that article. There's going to be eight teams. They're going to call it the W league which is the same name of a other women's league that happened about seven, eight years ago. There's going to be eight teams, seven teams from existing ownership groups in the USL, either the USL championship league one or league two. And then there's going to be one independent team that doesn't have any USL affiliation. And that independent team is going to be from Minnesota. Sadly, the players are not paid. This is, Per usual, it is. since work goes unpaid. Yeah, we we don't like to pay women in this country, so <laughs> it, it it is amateur. I think there's a uh, a path uh, to pay women's sports. This is 
This yeah, is that's US- what they tell us all the fucking times, so this, Eleanor. So this is the this is a USL league, but it's also in the more of the NPSL model, which in that uh, it's college. It's gonna be a lot of college players. Um, so for because and the NCAA is fucked up, you can't pay college players to prefer, to to preserve their amateur status. I'm so over it. The, you know, da, 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 um, if people there's... could pay them, fun. <laughs> I don't I don't disagree with you. Um yeah, I don't either. I, I, I it's the uh it just we have a lot of fucked up uh a lot of fucked up shit. Shit in this country and, and a lot of fucked up systems in this country, and that is a very good reason why we should fucking burn it all down. Yeah. However, it, it within the construct of what we have, like this is this is this is great news. Um there has not really been a uh a great functional second division of women's soccer like we have nwsl now has like been established and it's great and it's going really well but there's a lot of women's soccer player like women's soccer players who don't have the opportunity to play um here who could play here who or who just like decide or you know they, either they go abroad or they decide i'm just gonna stop playing soccer and it's it's fantastic that there's an opportunity for uh this to develop and i think Honestly, I think they're they're not paid now, MJ, but I think there's a I would imagine there's a path. Dudes always to, say, Oh, there's that. a pathway forward. Yeah, if you work twice hard and do double the amount of work and it's just bullshit. Like the, pay people that are good. If people are good at what they do, pay them. If you can't pay them, peace out, motherfucker. Yes, that's a fair point. 100%. I agree. How many unpaid internships have, have each of us worked at? Zero. I've, I've worked at, I worked on a few, but I also Zero. I, I also could afford to because, you know, I, I did not have to like worry Call as much about my bills. Pay that. Get yeah. paid. Yeah. Uh, I will, I will, point, I will point out uh, that the, the independent team from Minnesota is women owned and women run and women led. So, um, women own just means women oppressing women. <laughs> it's okay. Holla, holla at your girl. Come at me, bro. I'm ready. Uh, I this honestly, it, it's better. It's great that there's another women's league so that there's actually we can maybe develop a, a system of highlighting more women. To play, who can play soccer? Who may get you know go on to other countries? Like you know, there, how many USL players have oh, gone from? Where you can get paid, ladies, go. Well, here's here's the thing, uh, Jess, is that like the US? Uh, I don't know how much you are, how much you follow the NWSL, but like, there's I, a lot of there's a lot of so you're 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 hitting on your in your on yourself by there, right there. Right, uh, anyways right. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of women um who are really good soccer players who don't actually even get a chance to play because there's just not enough roster spots because there's only what eight you know nine teams in nwsano mj i nine. think there's nine teams um so there's there's women there's amazing women soccer players who live in the u.s who just stop playing soccer Mm-hmm. Because they don't, they can't play for an NWSL team, and 
you know, they, they don't want to go to Europe to play soccer. This is just another opportunity. Go get paid, ladies. Go get paid. Well, what I'm saying is that this is an opportunity for them to keep playing to then go get paid in Europe or something or by NWSL team. It's, it's not, it's not an ideal situation. To every woman her own, right? Like I am not discouraging any woman from playing that has a passion and desire for the game. Like if this is right for you, go play. But I believe in getting paid for talent. I agree. Jess, this is one of those unfortunate situations where progress is slow. Duh. Story of our lives, motherfucker. And and equal so you gotta start somewhere, right? Like in the US, the we have men's leagues where the top division is paid, the next two divisions are paid, and then you get down to the amateur teams that aren't paid. Mm-hmm. Right now, we if I weren't good one, enough to play we only have one league that's paid for for the US in, in women's, mm-hmm. and this will set up a a another women's league underneath that you gotta start somewhere you know i mean do what makes you passionate but at the same time i'd rather get paid for what makes me passionate we all would Truth, Um, truth, but we're not all good enough to get paid uh and correction it's 10 teams because i forgot about racing louisville so all the racing louisville you guys know i'm just busting your balls because that's what i'm here to do and we thank you for that. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Okay. No, no, on, that's you're right. You're, you need to you need to bust our balls. <laughs> you, you, yeah, no, you're 100% right. Like it is ideally, yes, ideally they'd all be paid and they all be paid properly. Um Minneapolis City, the team we we just talked about a minute ago, um doesn't play their players. They provide like housing and like they do like they scholarships and stuff like that. But like technically they're supposed to pay to play on that team. And that's a men's team in what well, good. Right? At the, least they're not getting paid either. The fifth division of soccer, right? So it's yeah. this would be like a or fourth division. Sorry. Yeah, thank you, MJ. This would be like technically a second division of so- of US uh women's soccer and and mo and most players in the I think all players in the second division of, of men's soccer get paid. So you are right. They should get paid eventually and and hopefully like sooner rather than later popularity Uh, and demand they do get paid i think well because i think here's 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 the the dirty secret in 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 u.s soccer is that like the women's game is much better than the men's game so i've heard and and the level the level of soccer at the u.s at the at the women's game is much better than it is the men's game and that there there are much i think there are a lot more like if if we actually truly developed a, a, a soccer infrastructure in the U.S., our our women are much more ahead of our our men domestically uh, in terms of but with of with game. fewer opportunities and exactly. But if we give that's them, why this league is important. But that's why they're ahead is yeah. because they have fewer opportunities. And if we if we expanded that, if we if we had if we made this, we you know expanded the infrastructure. So I think just to your point, I think it will be sooner rather than later. The, the, they'll see that this league is a uh, like, you know, a bonanza. It's it's it's, you know, cash money. It's gold. 
and they're, they're this will probably become a full fledged. I wish uh, I were the Ted Lasso of women's soccer in Minnesota. Honestly, I think the um, the, the the team that's in Minnesota very much could be that because it is it is independently owned it is you know mostly owned by women uh it's gonna be run by women i think it this might be like the the team in minnesota the other teams are great they they have existing ownership groups but it's they're mostly owned by men uh, the team in minnesota is not that so i think i think we'll be very the women's soccer i'm here to support you I want to do for you. Yeah. I don't I, know what to do. Tell just, me. Just support. Just support when when it when it announces. I think, and I think they're going to announce uh, sometime this week. So we will probably have more to talk about this next week. Uh, let's do a couple of quick uh, world notes. Um, MJ, I want to throw it to you very quickly. I, I it's not in the uh, in the rundown, but um, your thoughts on Carlo Ancelotti leaving uh, Everton. I am not, only a couple a couple years. I'm I'm not I'm disappointed, but I'm not super pissed off about it. I'm not super happy about it. Uh, I have a very very boring take, and and, and that's it, it is what it is. Everton is what it is. All these Everton fans saying that hey, remember Ancelotti? How you said you were gonna be? You couldn't wait to to coach in the new Everton Stadium that they're building. And, like, why aren't you going to, like, honor whatever you said way back when, when you said it? You know, managers know how to read the room. They know how to say the right things at the right time. But when Real Madrid calls, that's a step up from Everton, even though they sacked your ass, you know, almost a decade ago. Um, And I sure would never want to coach for that team ever. But, you know, it is what it is. He's going back to Real Madrid. Um, I wish him nothing but failure at Real Madrid, since I hate that team. Me too, um, buddy. But but, this but is I'm not behind. I'm, I'm not behind super, you on this one. I'm not super vengeful or hateful, and I'm not like, oh, finally we're free of Carlo Ancelotti. He did nothing but horrible things with this team. So um, I just hope they find the right guy to replace him. Um, someone made a a, a tweet joke about uh, it was basically like Everton. Can't wait till we meet Real Madrid uh, again. <laughs> and it was that was the joke. So, uh, yeah. listen, man. As as a Liverpool fan, I will I will uh, hardly beat the shit out of Roy uh, Carlo uh, Carlo Ancelotti for you. So yeah, well, I I would rather the the team that beats Real Madrid not be Liverpool. You know, it'd be nice to be some other team. Fair, but if it's us, you know. I might be cheering for Real Madrid. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so a couple of other little bits of world news. Uh, Copa America was moved to Brazil. Um, it was supposed to be host- hosted by Colombia and Argentina. Uh, both are embroiled in, uh, number one, uh, political turmoil, domestic turmoil, and number two, COVID turmoil. And they moved the uh, the premier... Le- or, you know, t- tournament of the continent uh, to a place that had both in bigger spades. So right. more, more, more political turmoil and more COVID issues. I was, I was really hoping that they would move Copa America to uh, the U.S. 
um because yeah, there's, there's, a, there's yeah. a t- there was a ton of uh uh, if you if you looked at the gold gold cup schedule, like there's nothing in the upper Midwest or Northeast. Yeah. I was like, we could just do, we could do Copa America too. We just do it in in like St. Paul and Boston and New York, uh, maybe you know uh, Chicago. Um, man, fucking going to Copa America games at Allianz would have been fucking amazing. But uh, but yeah, so that no, they moved it to Brazil because. Brazil is, is is not a is not a country that has uh, COVID problems or uh, you know dissent uh, with their authoritarian government. I mean, everyone loves Bolsonaro, right? Fascist pig. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone loves like fascist, and he's a pig. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> COVID <laughs> denier, you know. Yeah, I think he he, he had he had COVID. He got COVID. He <laughs> yeah. also, he's also a COVID denier, so I don't know. Yeah. I think I we never need, had COVID. Yeah, we need to bring uh we should have brought Eric Silverbrandman on and and or Rodrigo to uh to chat about uh this stuff. Uh let's let's talk actually the the rumors that I really want to talk about. Roy Hodgson to MLS buddy. Roy Hodgson. It's it's he's not coming as to MLS. good as the Sam Allardyce. It's to, not to MLS rumors from it's a not, number of years ago. It's not Big Sam. It's not Big Sam. But this is actually a legitimate rumor. Uh, Roy Hodgson. <laughs> so, Jess, if you're not familiar, Roy Hodgson is a is, he's a a journeyman manager who's been managing for fuck man forty years, something like that. He's been around for a long fucking time. He loves. Uh, he managed. Uh, did he ever manage Everton? MJ? No. No, not that I'm okay. aware of. He managed Liverpool for a very brief period of time, and it was most recently it was, Crystal Palace. Yes, he was. He was at Crystal Palace. Uh, and Grasshoppers, which is the worst name ever. Like Crystal Palace just makes me think of unicorns and ponies. You, and so, have you ever watched The Crown? I have. Okay. The, you understand the Crystal Palace is the is the where the crystal palace was right no the the crown is set in crystal oh palace. shit sorry have you ever watched victoria victoria is, is the I one have. okay yeah. so when uh when prince edward mentions crystal palace the crystal palace that the, he builds he builds a little crystal palace he did that's that's where the crystal palace ground sits that's why they're called no, Crystal Palace. Very British. Yes, no. that's why it's it's why they're called Crystal Palace. Carry on. <laughs> uh, anyways, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Roy Hodgson uh, has has mentioned that he would be interested in a move to MLS to manage an MLS team. Uh, Jess, MJ, I will throw it to you guys. Which team do we desperately want? Roy Hodgson to manage Atlanta United. No, it can't be Atlanta United. Miami oh, FC. What? It can't be Miami. It can't be Atlanta. It can't be Miami. Pick another wait, team. Wait, wait, wait. You asked the question. Now you're making new rules. I am. I am making new rules. I'm making the rules because uh, those teams both just hired managers, new managers. Um, well, what a, what, what a fucking be, British guy, by the way. Uh, because Roy, whoever the fuck, is coming in. So, so uh, he takes over Brian Smetcher's job at, in in Seattle. That'd be great. 
That'd be so, hilarious. So, so Jess, uh, you you mentioned Miami, but they also just hired a fucking English guy. Pick a different team. <laughs> so, so they've got like their English quotient. No, I say Roy is coming in for Inchi. Mm. That's what I want to hear. I mean, I, I don't want to hear it, it, but I knew that's what you wanted, and I, I delivered. I don't really want to hear that, but yes, that is the <laughs> the correct answer. Um, uh, yeah. The so, quote from the article that you linked uh, on MLSsoccer.com. He says. The, the, foot, the football facelift. Sure. The football seems to be coming on in leaps and bounds in the USA. Yeah, I see so. the number of teams growing every year. I see the attendance figures are becoming quite enormous. They're matching teams in the Premiership. That's what he says. That's a pretty good Roy Hodgson impersonation. Thank you. So. Like legitimately though, which ownership group do you think would actually entertain Roy Hodgson? I I legitimately think Bill McGuire would if he if if he had to like if he had to like make the decision to fire Inchi. Um, but I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out if there's most of the MLS ownership groups are like smart analytic people. But um, <laughs> yeah, everyone. But I mean, Bob Kraft in New England is like number one rings a bell. Like he would, if for some reason Bruce Arena like shit the bed, like literally DC, shit, DC shit in Bob Kraft's bed, and then yeah. had to get fired. He would bring in Roy Hodgson, DC United, MJ. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. They, they might mean, actually do that. New England uh, Revolution. That's I just said New England Revolution, Jess. Okay, so that's where I got it. <laughs> Um, would San Jose replace Almeida with a Roy Hodgson fuck that's a good one that is a good one I'd also say Colorado because uh, um, uh, what's his nuts uh, you like what's his nuts Stan Kroenke yeah no you don't like him I don't like like Stan Kroenke I thought the last name Kroenke Stan are you looking for wife number three we we do not stand Stan Kroenke here Stan Kroenke would be just like, oh, fuck, uh, I have a soccer team in Colorado. Let's hire this guy that I know from, uh, I've heard of his name uh, in the EPL. Oh, God. Um, who else? <laughs> this, here's here's the, great, the great thing about MLS now is that I think there's only like three or four owners that I just don't trust to make decisions. Who are they? Uh, Bill McGuire. Stan Kroenke, Bob Kraft. Oh, come on. Uh, New, York, New York City. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the NYCFC. Well, no, they, they actually make good decisions, man. There's like, there's terrible people generally. <laughs> I mean, bad decisions, right? Oh, uh, David Beckham. Yeah. He wouldn't hire Roy Hodgson, though. That's, that's, that's no, kind no, of no. the point. Uh, it, it, it has to be someone from Minnesota United. Yeah. Uh, the people who own Columbus apparently are you know, fuck alls and and fuck yeah, it. fuck tired, so, sure. Um, Chicago sure. Fire. I don't really, I, whoever owns the Chicago Fire. Um, yeah, they've been under the radar lately. I wonder what they're up to. I would have said Orlando City, but they just got sold to to Ziggy Wolf, and I think 
the Ziggy Will family, as murderous and mob mob tied up as they are, uh, like just they they don't make fucking terrible decisions. They just let they let people do the the, the stuff. So I wouldn't say Orlando City. Um, Ziggy Wolf. They they own the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Look up look up picture of look up a picture of War Wario and that's basically Ziggy Wolf. Oh yeah, he totally looks like that. Yeah. I don't know. So B Y G I W I L F just yeah. for our listeners' sake. All right. Uh let's 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 wrap this podcast up. One. MJ had a question for, for us. What was the best part of having uh, David Naylor on the podcast? Jess, let's start with you first. Making friends. Always. Yeah. David? He's a good guy. Um, I, listen, man, I've, I've only met David about a year ago. Uh, randomly, we were, he was like, I'm going to be at Blackheart because I'm in town. And I was like, I'll be at Blackheart. I'll show up. Um, he's a good dude. He was on the desires to rejoin the Thunderwall with the sticks and the percussion. Yes. Uh, he was on the, he was on the zone, uh, zone coverage podcast, uh, for Minnesota United. They, they ended that abruptly without really any, um, notification to him, which kind of fucking sucked. He, he lives in Iowa. He, he, he drove up here a bunch to like to cover the, the team. So the guy's a, a very smart, uh, smart dude. And he's a good, he's a good guy. And, uh, I, when he told me that I was like, man, you can come on the podcast anytime. So we, we'll have him back. We'll have David Naylor back uh, hopefully with MJ. So he yeah. can, uh, MJ and him can, uh, discuss, uh, drumming techniques or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, it was the best part of having him on the podcast was, MJ wasn't here, so. Oh, shit. Thank you. Thank you. Someone got the answer right. All right. So rate and review our podcast wherever you get it. Uh, please, five stars. Uh, only five stars. Maybe one star. Only um, five stars. If you're going to give a shit enough to rate it, give it five stars. If, if you've made not, it this far, don't. you, you got to give it five stars. Uh, Davesino.com, Patreon dot com slash daves I, the daves i know uh yeah we'll have the that beer out email out soon uh at tdk tdikmn on twitter i'm at texas or mj is at mj matsui just is at, at, at jessica, jessica 1440839 er two three nine two there's a niner in there um there's a niner in there also we're really trying to convince her to get a better fucking twitter handle but she refuses but I, so i totally will i totally will just, except that now that it's kind of a thing it's a theme i think we should have a patreon level of gets to rename yeah. that, that, that twitter handle i'm totally down 30, 30 bucks a month if someone wants to give us 30 dollars a month we can rename jessica jess's twitter handle whatever the fuck you want like at Thir- Super Thirty bucks a month. And you gotta, 99. you got you gotta do it for at least three months, and we in we'll three re- rename, rename Jess's Twitter handle. All right, uh, we visited. You know, this is. Yeah. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah.
Uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to? Hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. I ain't nothing at all, 